since moving to Western North Carolina. I guess it'll be three years in August. Um, I would say we've definitely adapted to mountain life. You yeah, know? we're mountain people. We're mountain people now. We yeah. love it here. We're mountain man. We absolutely love it. I mean, this morning, it's May the 9th, and I was freezing taking the girls to school. It was like 46 degrees or something, wasn't it? 46, 48? Yeah, and I was just thinking about how much I love that, because it's going to get up to, you know, 70 <laughs> this afternoon. But it, the fact that it's still in the 40s in the morning in May just makes me so happy. But We, we hit 92 or 3 like once last year. Yeah, that's like the highest temperature it's ever been since we've lived here. Yeah, And it's, I'm from South Mississippi where it's just scorching hot through yeah. the summer. and It's amazing. It's so refreshing. Yeah. So Adam last summer bought a six-person tent <laughs> for our family because we're thinking, oh, we definitely need to go camping. Let's figure out what that's going to look like. With our three girls. <laughs> and... <laughs> Our youngest is just turned two in December. So as you can imagine, last summer she was only, you know, one and a half or so. And so this year, Adam was like, we're going to set up the tent in the backyard. And we are going to just do a little trial run here because we're not going to go to this campsite or whatever and have a horrible time and have to pack up and come home, which we could because there's so many options close. But I was like, that sounds like a really fun, like, weekend idea. Let's do that on, you know, Saturday night or whatever. So Adam, like... This is something he just loves to do is the process of setting up like anything for his like hikes or camp or or, like anything like that. He just like takes so much pride in it. Mm. And so he set up the tent in the backyard one night and it was perfect weather, perfect temperature out. We were like the girls were beyond pumped to like sleep out in the backyard. Obviously, our expectations were rather high, you yes, know. this is going to go perfect. So, at least we had a little backup plan being really close to the house. Because, of course, wouldn't you know it, we did hand out the little melatonin, didn't we? <laughs> yes, kids' melatonin. <laughs> to Maylee and Emery. <laughs> they went to sleep just fine. Right. Hadley, on the other hand, became a little bit of a tear. She had she, she still sleeps in a crib. We need to get her out of her crib. Yeah. It's time. We just haven't really wanted to bite the bullet there yet. So... Uh, what were we thinking? Like trying to get her to sleep in a tent without a pack and play. I mean, we could have put a pack and play in there. I get that. But the other two, perfect. They're like so excited to sleep out there in their little unicorn sleeping bags or whatever they were. And they're just, they're not even sleeping bags. They're like, I don't even know what they are. I guess they are like pouches for kids to like lay in. They're great. And they were so excited. Loved it. We had a fire going. We roasted marshmallows. uh, And we get all in there, get ready to go to bed. And, Hadley's just not having it. No. So all. I had to volunteer as tribute and unfortunately come inside <laughs> and sleep in the warm bed. And, and I was like, are you sure? Are you sure you baby? Are you okay? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. I'll stay out here with these It two. was just, I, I surrendered my wants that night to, to be outside. <laughs> now look, we can, let's confess. There was a little while that we contemplated, okay, can Hadley just sleep in there by herself? <laughs> we could surely we could crack just, like, her window, and like we would hear her. Yeah. We're right here, and then Caitlin, being the, the the better parent, was like, "No, we can't let our child, our two year old, sleep in the house by herself." <laughs> <laughs> Which she can get out of her crib and walk around, so she probably would do, and would just have a time at the house without us. Yeah. But yeah, it was so. still fun. The girls, the other two, slept great. It was awesome. Uh, it was again, the weather was perfect. We had so much fun. And we're going to do it again. Yeah. We're, we're jumping back into part two of holiness this week. And, you know, I, I thought that was a good conversation to lead into this because I had to just, you know, surrender my wants and desires and come you inside. It, you make it sound so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> it, what, it You didn't want to do it. No, I didn't. I was not willing. <laughs> yeah. So I, 
I had to do be that person, you know? So today we're going to just talk, continue to the conversation about holiness. I don't know if you happen to miss our podcast last week. If you did, go back, check it out. It's just, we're just defining holiness, what it is, what it is not, kind of what the problem is with holiness too, and why we can maybe cringe when we hear that word. Um, so this week we really want to kind of step into a little bit more about, okay, what's the solution then? If we kind of feel like, this is so holiness is not about just like religion and doing all these things to be morally pure. Holiness is not about us. Um, what is holiness about and how are we going to achieve it? And what does that practically look like for us? Yeah, I, I think, you know, when you ask the question, why, like, why should you be holy? Um, you, you talked about this a little bit at our retreat of, you know, why you, um, like, why should I be holy? I'm a Christian, I'm saved. I know that God forgives me, I'm forgiven, then I can just do whatever I want, and I know He's already forgiven me. Why should I even go through this process of sanctification? Let's skip the part, the fact that the Bible says so, but I'm going to skip that, and why should I even, uh, you know, work for, again, we think we have to work for it, but why should I go through this process of becoming holy if I know that I'm just a Christian, right? Why does it matter? Right, why does it even matter? And that's, I mean, obviously part of the problem is that we, a lot of, so many of us have that mindset. And I remember as a young child, like asking my dad those questions a lot of, okay, I just became a Christian. We believe that once you become a Christian, once you're saved, you're always saved. Okay. So like we believe that we believe scripture says that. And if that's the case, then like, there's nothing that I can do then for God to not love me. So I'm good. I'm just going to live it up, you know, and, um, just a little pet peeve of mine when it's your birthday and your friends will post a picture of you on Instagram and they say, live it up today. I just, I don't like that. Oh, really? That's a pet peeve? Yeah, it just gets me. I mentioned uh, that to a few of my students when I was a student pastor and they just like laughed at me. And I was like, it just makes it sound like, you know, it's your birthday. Just throw everything out the window. Throw all your morals and throw everything that you've, you know, like all your growth that you've made to today. It's your birthday. Live it up. Go just mess everything up. Noted. That's just what it sounds like. I don't know. <laughs> okay, that was a side thing. But anyway, the, the part of the big problem with holiness is that we just feel like sometimes it's not something that we really, I don't know, why. So it, let me ask you a question then. Would you consider someone holy if they are not living a holy life? Ooh, boom. Would I consider someone holy if they're not living a holy life? You know, let me first of all back up. When Caitlin and I were preparing this whole topic and this message for our retreat, we got in several, would you say arguments? I mean, discussions. Not, <laughs> Heated discussions? No, I don't think we are arguing. <laughs> it's a hard topic because um, there are many times, I'll answer your question with this. There are many times that I don't feel worthy or that I don't feel like I'm in a good enough spot personally to approach Jesus. Like I'm going into a quiet time or I'm like, I'm about to read my Bible or I'm about to pray. And before I do that, I'm like, gosh, I start reflecting, you know what I mean? On my own life or the decisions I've made in the last, you know, 48 hours or whatever. And I'm going, oh man, this is, you know, I don't know. But, and I think to answer your question is, in that moment, in let's say in my dirtiest moment, in the moment where I'm just like really at my lowest, that's the moment. I mean, think of the father and the prodigal son. When the prodigal son is returning, he's covered in in like 
it said he slept with pigs. So think about it. He's at his most disgusting, literally physical moment. He's at his most disgusting. He's wasted everything that his father has worked for for him, his inheritance, all gone. He's at the lowest point of his life. But yet every day the father was looking for him from a distance. And so it said he saw him from a distance, runs to him. He doesn't go, oh, give me a hug. Oh, you know, you're, wow, you stink. No, it was an embrace. And it wasn't just an embrace. It was like party time. Let's get the, you know. Let's live it up. Live it up. Yeah, gosh, that's where it came from. My <laughs> goodness, get the golden calf or whatever. Fatted calf, <laughs> not, golden, not golden calf. That would be an idol. Uh, anyway, it was a full-on embrace. And I think that even in my lowest, when I approach Jesus, he, when he sees me, he sees me through the lens of what he did on the cross. So now I'm, I'm his child. Mm-hmm. And I think he sees me as like, he wants to embrace me and hug me. And we, how many times do we approach Jesus going, I'm just so, he's going to be like, you know, Adam, you haven't been here in a while, or we haven't talked in a while. We, we just kind of feel like that. And I mean, I approach my, my parents that way sometimes when you know you messed up. Or how many of you were like terrified to bring your report cards home and you got it at school and you're looking at it and you're like, oh no, like I have to let them see this. I'm dead. Like they're going to, you know, they're going to be so mad. Yeah. And I just think we approach Jesus that way sometimes where it's like, we're going to get a slap on the hand because we've been messing up. Right. I think. Did I answer your question? (laughs) No, I did not. No, I know what you're saying. And this is why we went back and forth because. We just have different perspectives, and I, I think it's our life experience. I don't know what it is, and it's just it was eye-opening for me, too, that you would feel like that on a pretty consistent basis sometimes when you approach God, and not because of, you know, that you had, like, failed all these times and now you're trying to approach Him. I think it was just genuinely, like, who you believe, like, the character of God to be towards you sometimes, and or, or the lies that you're believing about His character, yeah. rather. So I think that when you fully understand who God is— you fully understand what it means to be holy, knowing that you get to approach God like that's the act, this act of surrender too. Our devotion to God is just to not withhold anything from him. So it's not like he doesn't know what has already happened in our day and in our life. He knows those things. And I think that's, I guess, our different perspectives when we were talking about prepping for this is that I never approach God as if he doesn't know what has already been going on in my life. Like, I feel like he, I mean, I know he knows all. And so me going to him is almost just a relief. Whereas I think some people can see it as you feel like this burden going to him. And um, so I think we want to talk about this act of when we walk in holiness, we're also walking in surrender and what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely is a perspective. And a, and a lot of you, you know, we all grew up different ways and with different parents, you know, and and a lot of stuff that we learned and some learned the hard way and some experienced difficulty and pain and some feel like they kind of walked through life pretty easily and now all of a sudden life's hitting you in the face and whatever it may be, the call to holiness is a call to live a life of surrender. And that that is what we're, so regardless of how you grew up, not that I'm belittling any, any of that or, uh, or making any of that, you know, smaller than it is, but however you grew up, you can say, Okay, let's move past that. And this this call to to being holy is a call to live a life of surrender. And surrender is simply put, you could say it's our devotion to not withhold anything from God, um, which I love that definition. But to be completely at God's disposal and to do anything that He wants, no matter the cost. Um, when you have that approach, when you have that posture of your life to do anything at God's disposal. That that's you surrendering lots of things. Your your time, your 
it's the, it's your plan. You know, you're you're surrendering that. You're surrendering. Now we're not saying don't have dreams and aspirations and don't have things. Finish your degree. You know, go pursue a job that you want, a career that you want. Uh, pursue. You know, if you want to live in a certain place, like do that. But all along the way, when you have your dreams and you have the things that you want in your life, I think that the mindset is always drawing drawing closer to God is at the core of everything that we do. And so that that's think about it like in the middle. I think of like a like a jawbreaker or something having so many layers. And at the very core of the jawbreaker is your intimacy with Jesus. That's everything else is surrounded by that and grows out from that. And so if if your intimacy with Jesus and your closest with him, that's surrender. That's every day your feet touch the ground. Jesus today is your day. I'm li- I understand that mercies are new. Thank you. I'm living in, you know, your grace and mercy today. I want to surrender to you. And then everything outside of that comes from a heart and a posture of surrender. And it, it's, it, you find that you're functioning in his power and not your own. Mm-hmm. And look, holiness comes with a cost. And I think that's sometimes what makes us uncomfortable. But yeah. I think when you, if that makes us uncomfortable, I want to say, okay, well then why did you give your life to Christ? Like, what is the point to give your life to Christ if you're not, if, if you're not, going to accept the cost that comes with that. And, and there is definitely a cost to pursue holiness. It's, it's something that when you start making those little tiny decisions, and we talk about this all the time, it's one of those just obedience things where we just can say yes to the small things right in front of us. That is pursuing and and walking in this discipline of holiness. And so it definitely comes with a cost. And I think sometimes we don't like that. We don't want to have the cost that comes with it. But when you see the result of those decisions and those choices um, and how it's refining you in that you're making much of God and um, other people are seeing that as well, you see how worth it it is to accept that cost. Um, when you have to say no to something or you choose to do this instead of that and you're setting yourself apart from the world, um, it's worth it. And so um, that's one thing we really just want you to take away from this is that being holy and pursuing that life is worth it. Yes, there's so much freedom in surrender. And that sounds, that is counterintuitive to anything else in the world that there's freedom in surrender. But when you surrender your life to Jesus, there's so much freedom in that. Uh, we'll just finish up on this, but like a, a college student that I've been uh, walking with, a, a guy that um, that we've been kind of praying through something, and he's struggling through just this call and this feeling like God is calling him to ministry. And and in that, what he wants, and this is he's where most people are, and I've been here before, where he feels this call, he feels this nudge from God about something, and, and he believes that it is God. But then the very next thing that we ask is, okay, God, give me the answers. And the truth is he doesn't, that's not how God works most of the time. I mean, he, he calls you and puts something on your heart. And then a lot of times he's not going to just pour out all the answers to you because he's, he's wanting or desiring from you, one, your heart and your commitment and your, your desire to pursue him, but he's wanting you to grow in faith and faith. We've said this, I mean, I don't know how many times we say this, but like living a life of faith and taking steps of faith you're not going to have all the answers. That's not faith. If you have all the answers and know exactly what the outcome is going to be, that requires like zero faith. So in in the act of God calling you and you feel called by him, this is something that I've been kind of challenging the student with is that, yes, pray for clarity. Pray for him to give you answers. Ask for that. Ask for, for all the answers. Um, 
ask for more than just answers. Ask for guidance, for help, for boldness, for you know strength. For you know, ask for all those things. But I think more so than than anything, it's 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 that pursuit and that surrender. And like I was just talking with him, and sometimes when I'm giving or someone asks me for advice, my first thought is like, "Really, you're asking me for advice?" But if anything, I'm like, "Man, God." I could use this too, like God speak to me. And so in me offering advice, I feel like it's just something God's saying in the moment. But I just remember telling him that the day of like, hey man, here's how I think that you can you can get there, drawing as close to him as possible. And that sounds so simple and so easy. And that sounds like me just going, stop asking me the questions. But in that moment, I was like, gosh, that it's so easy. It's so simple. It's not it's not some grand, like huge, long task that for the rest of our lives we're going to be trying and we're going to fail. And it's, oh, I'm getting beat up by this life of sin and, and I'll never be holy. And man, this this pursuit of holiness is about just daily surrender. Yeah. And th- I think that's what I mean when I say it's so freeing is because there's freedom in the fact that you don't have to work super hard, mm-hmm. that you don't have to like perform all these things and, and uh, get this, you know, four-year seminary degree just so that you could be holy one day or like I have to read my Bible all the way through there's no way I can be holy if I don't read my Bible all the way through there's no way I can be holy if I don't memorize every book of the Bible or and it's just daily surrender it reminds me of when we would go on a diet or something like that and you try to eat really healthy and you know have balanced meals and not overindulge Um, but what do they tell you you mess up one night or you splurge or you have a cheat day you just wake up the next morning and try again with like, you know, eating well again. Yeah. It's like, it's this lifestyle and and that, that's okay. That's going to happen. We're not going to live out holiness to perfection every single day, but that is where the grace of God comes in and meets us right there. But when we wake up every morning with that attitude and that posture of Lord, I'm surrendering this day to you, you will be seeing holiness played out in your life and, and you will be defined by holiness. So just continue to wake up every morning and give your life to the Lord and surrender your decisions, your actions, listen for the voice of him and open up his word and spend time with him and you will be on the path to holiness. And and we're excited about that because that is going to make much of him and that is just going to be declaring the excellencies of Christ. So we're with you in this path of holiness and seeking him and um, we fail and we, we try again every single day and that that's okay. So um, just make much of him today and whatever that looks like for you. We'll see you next week.